they've also used this. They've like, you know, they've worked like gone through the content of the, of the game's code to try to figure out the stuff that we'd only partially implemented and never. We had a golf game. There's mode. a golf game mode. There's one <laughs> Jerry called Jerry was a scooter. Is, is yeah. a scooter. Yeah. 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 And, but they're just like partially implemented. So they're janky and they, you know, don't have like fully Wait, thought have people, out papers. Have people, people are making airmail levels. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, that's and, not, a, that's, that's illegal. <laughs> hey. Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 386 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the gooey programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. It's gross. And you should, uh, which is yeah, you should kind of get hosed, hosed down probably. If you're, get that goo off. Yeah. Uh, this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's October 2022. What? Yeah, that's true. You know, you can, there's plenty of there's plenty of great radio out there for you to check out. And there's uh, a lot of horrible ones too, you know. So there's a lot yeah, there's a wide range of content available. Yeah. Very the quality main <laughs> problem. You're you're best off sticking with us because you know, if you go out and start wandering out in those podcast woods, you never know what'll get you. You're gonna yeah, get and honestly, by I like, feel like yeah. we're we're already past the, the 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 confusing date format part now. That's done. I don't think yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. revisit that. So if that don't was worry. the part that you were struggling with, you're then you're fine. good to go now. Yep. Yeah, you're, we're we're good. Uh, also, we'd like to thank our supporters over at MoneyGrab.Bscotch.net. Uh, we got a donation and a message from Haas, who said, "This is funny." Haas said, "I was actively working on a non-gaming project with ClickUp." Which is oh, that's, yeah. a pro- that's a productivity tool that we used to use. A quote unquote productivity uh, tool. Haas says it started to do the dropped task and updates thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mid project, I switched over to Favro. <gasps> Within nice. a day, I bought in, and I'm so glad about it. In my rush, I forgot to use your promo code. So here you go. Thanks for all you do. <laughs> uh, so here we just got a donation uh, from somebody about a thing about a a product that we got sponsored by. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's called double dipping folks. That's it how is, yeah. you, that's like how it. you do it. And, that's how you uh, and I would prefer, you know, that the money come to us, you know, but here's the thing actually is everybody won here because they're still yeah. getting your money when you're paying for your subscription, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we also got some of your money. So, I mean, and yeah. Then, and, and then favor gave us money to sponsor. It's all good. Podcasts. It's just every, Oh man. What a, what a wholesome, Day, I feel yeah, so good about great, all great. about all of this. This is just great. Uh, also, I'd like to thank our recurring supporters as well. Of course, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, well, so this is a strange time. I mean, okay? yeah, it's a strange time for starters, specifically, October, which is spooky. <laughs> uh, but but right now we are about to record three podcast episodes back to back. Too bad, okay? Because I'm about to leave for India for two weeks uh, tomorrow. So I'm going to be away. I'll be out of the country. No podcast, probably bad, you know, latency on, uh, you know, uh, hotel Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So no also, chance of- You'll be jet lagged, which adds sort of a mental latency in, you know, yes. even if mm-hmm. the latency solve, problem was solved. So I think it's one of those, yeah. like, you don't want to do that. Not good. So, so we're going to, we're going to pre-record uh, three episodes- we're going to do a lot of unhinged question answering uh, over the next few episodes. And yeah. there probably after this one, there won't be any current news because we don't we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll have run out of current news because almost nothing is happening. It's just in, mm-hmm. in the whole world. Yeah. In no. the whole world. Yeah, Barely if you look around, um, it's, the, it's just quite as time, I think, that has just ever existed. Everything's pretty chill. Yeah, yeah totally so that's, chill. That's great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to get back to India. I haven't been there since 2019. Um, usually we'd go every other year, but then some stuff came up, you know? So some things uh, happened. <laughs> was the last time that you went when you had that like horrible mouth, like yes. throat ulcer that was just there the whole time? Oh no, that was the first time I okay. went. Uh, yeah, the most recent time I went, uh, I, I was there for a couple weeks. It was in 
uh, November of 2019 into into early December. You just barely slipped under the COVID radar yeah, there. Except, except when I got back, I was sick for six weeks. Oh, that's right. With a weird cough. With a strange... Uh, I had pneumonia. I had a cough. I had all. Uh, I had a variety of rotating, cold and respiratory symptoms, and I got tested for the flu and everything else. There was it was not a bacterial infection. It wasn't the flu. They didn't know what it was. Just mysteriously got pneumonia uh, at the end of 2019 after traveling home from India. Uh, but I don't so, think it was in India at that time, you know. Yeah, do a bit. I I don't know 100%. what it was, but it was it was it was a, it was the worst I've ever the felt. Thing is, <laughs> there are so many respiratory illnesses, you know, just so yeah. many. So either I got COVID and I was patient zero, or I just got <laughs> all of the other yeah, respiratory illnesses all of at once, yeah, except for the flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so. But also in the context of having so many happening at once, you know, you don't know what the symptoms are going to be like for any given, because now now it's all like the interactions between, you know, so you- That's true. I might've just gotten two and then they sort of uh, did like a Pokemon evolution. Yeah, yeah. Turned into something else. And turned into a new thing. And then who knows what that is. You know, you could could be your own, be your own Petri dish. And now here's a question, because you actually haven't- so since that mysterious illness, mm-hmm. you haven't gotten COVID as far as you know, right? You haven't been sick at all. So the that. other thing that may have happened is whatever this mm. stew of 10 to 20 diseases that you had at once was. Yeah. Yeah. Morphed into, you know, whatever it was. But also your body. You were basically a Hulk, you know, because like Hulk gets mm. irradiated and then the radiation is like, I'm going to fuck you up. It's to such a crazy degree that you're a Hulk now instead of dead, right? And I think yeah. that's basically what happened to you is you got fucked up. Six weeks is a really long time to be sick. Right. Yep. That's what like, I want. It was a long time. Most things don't do – like things don't do that. COVID doesn't even – I mean COVID has like the you know the long-term sequela, right? But that's a different kind of thing than just being actively like – Are you saying that Seth basically sick. got like CRISPR infected and it yeah, I think. modified his base genes into a yeah, – I literally can't – I can't die now. I literally can't die. Zany. Uh, So I'm kind of bummed about that because I feel like I'm going to get bored at some point and probably want to die eventually. Then you can't once I've run out of things to. It is true that you that that whole reality that uh, you know daily contemplation of the fact that you will die someday is actually a key happiness booster. It's a great yeah, it's a great motive. It kind of puts a nice deadline on things. Mm -hmm. Makes you you know makes things matter more. Yeah, although I do like like the. did you guys watch The Sandman? The Sandman. I watched uh, some of it. And then I was like, I don't I mean, understand what's happening in this it's guy's a trip. weird It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Uh, definitely. Uh, but there's uh, there's a... Because like, we're following these like gods or whatever, right? So there's a, this is also spoilers. But I think it's been out for a while. You shouldn't care. It's been um, out for but, weeks. But there's a... But like the Sandman <laughs> yeah. character or the Sandman god, right? Morpheus. Morpheus has, has the same idea. He's like, people wouldn't want to live forever, actually, right? Um... And, uh, but so he says that at some point in this like regular mm-hmm. human person who doesn't yeah. know that this guy is a God, you know, it's just like, so what are you talking about? I would love to live forever. And then the same man's like, well, do you want to place that bet basically? Right. So, so or I think he places the bet with death or something. So he plays mm-hmm. the bet and then the guy's immortal now. And then Sam is like, I'm going to come back and visit you every, I think it's hundred years or something. Cause like, inevi- the same tavern. Yeah, exactly. So I could, like inevitably at some point you're going to, you're going to tell me like, you want to be dead now. Right. And then like 700 years go by and the guy's just like fucking pumped the whole time. Right. I mean, he has mm-hmm. like some down periods definitely, but each time, like even in like the pits of the worst, then the same is like, so, so that means you're done now. Right. And he's like, what? No, you know? And, uh, and so it's just like, he goes through like hundreds of years. It's like to the point where they just, now it's just like, they just hang out every hundred years. Mm-hmm. Right. Friends. It's no longer even about it at all because turns out at least that guy was having a good time. You know, there are some people I've met who are excited enough about things baseline that I feel like they would have a more enjoyable time on a longer immortal scale than most. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But the problem is immortal is an infinite timeline, right? And so it's not about it being a longer timeline. It's not like, oh man, if they live for twice as long as everybody else, that would be fine. If they live for a hundred thousand years, would they still be 
pumped and excited to be here. <laughs> you I know? know. Well, but here would be a different place the whole time. Yeah. You know? like, I think that's, that's the trick. It's like, it's well, sort so, of but like. Think about how, how fleeting everything would feel. So for example, if you're like, right now you're like, I could pick up the guitar, you know, and like learn the guitar and that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Right. Except if you've been alive for like 10,000 years, then guitars basically just started existing. And also you've seen thousands of other instruments and things sort of come into existence and then also disappear. And it didn't really matter in the end, right? And so the idea of like taking a bunch of time to do this thing that ultimately- But I think, well, just I think, like I think that's the beauty you know? of it is that yeah. it actually mm-hmm. forces you to participate in life with the vibe that you should already anyway, which I is think, Yeah, I think this is- The, it's the like only it's, point is what you make of it. You yeah, know? it's like being immortal and being dead kind of caused the same thing to happen, which is that you have to just end up being focused on the present moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you're, cause like, yeah, you don't need to maximize. I mean, honestly, living forever is just as conceptually meaningless as dying in 20 years or whatever. You know, like, yeah, it's, you're a human. Like, you can't grock any of this. You, you know can't what I mean? That shit. It is the having lived for thousands of years part. That's the weird one. I don't know what to make of that. It's true. Know, but, yeah. but like, I mean, I'm even thinking of just, cause this idea of like, oh, like you're going to get tired of stuff. You're going to see the things, the same things you've seen before. You know, it's like, we're, we're in the video game space. I'm, a, I spent a lot of time in the web dev space. Uh, the joke is there's a new, like a new framework, a new technology yeah. comes out every week, you know? And the fact is I'm pumped every time. I'm like, Ooh, fuck yeah. What is, what are they doing now? Like what, what clever shit do people come up with, mm-hmm. you know? And the part that's a bummer is like, I can't just go learn all of it because I don't have enough time. No I, time. Have to, I, have to, I have to get things done on a, on a short time scale. Right. And even if you were immortal, that, that wasn't true. This even if what? No, because the things would be happening faster than you exactly. could personally keep up with. Yeah, your cog- exactly. Your yeah, cognition be, is not a, there, is not immediate, like immense yeah. bandwidth, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and, like, and it, you can't run out of stuff because people are making stuff the whole time. You know, yeah. like, there's no you can't. It's, keep it's up. the same idea as like there's there's like this this there's a trailing past behind us, right? That keeps getting longer. There are more and more people that are part of it, but also the more recent it is, the more information we have about it, right? So like. Mm-hmm. The amount of stuff in the past is piling up so fucking fast. I think about this with like, uh, I saw stats at one point about YouTube's video uploads, you know, like how Mm -hmm. the sheer number of like hours per hours of video per hour of just like literal time. time, Right. And it was, it was so uh, almost horrifying just because like the, it's kind of like, it's like looking into an abyss where you're just like, probably like like a hundred thousand hours. Yeah. It was something uploaded every hour. It It was like a lifetime of human video like hours, right. Or being uploaded per hour of actual time. Or so it's just something just wild. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and that's just like videos on YouTube. Right. And, but there are people writing books. There are people inventing instruments. There are people inventing new ways of doing things. There are new ideas circulating. You know, there's just so much new stuff happening constantly. Um, that now, I, let me ask you this though, because I, I think there's a, there's a big difference between the idea of you yourself being immortal and everybody right? and everybody being yeah. immortal. Because I think there's two big problems with everyone being immortal. Like, do you guys watch the new Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power? Yes. So this isn't a spoiler, but there's at one point there's just an, an exchange between an elf and a dwarf. Right. And the dwarf is pissed off because he's trying to get this elf to just do something. Right. Mm. But elves, they'll take 50 years to make a decision about something because they can. Right. <laughs> Because they'll be, they'll talk about something and be like, no, 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 I'm going to think about that for a while. And for them, for a while is like 50 years, right? Because they have been alive since the beginning of time and I think they just I, don't give a shit, right? But, but they're still doing it. stuff the whole time. Because like, yeah. even in this moment, because like this particular moment that you're talking about was actually not about like making a decision. Although those time scales are going to be different, definitely. Um, because yeah. the time, because, but the time pressure for most things is dictated externally. Not yeah, by, exactly. Not by your, you, you live, right? You don't really get to decide how long you react to something that is happening right now. Yeah. But it is mm-hmm. true though that in the case of like, like in this scenario, right. The, the elves, cause the elf's doing the same amount of stuff per day that like we're doing. Cause like actual experience moment to moment time is the same. Right. And so they got a million things going on and also things that have piled up for a thousand years. Right. So imagine yeah. like, imagine your normal debt. responsibilities and now having a thousand years yeah. of tech debt. Right. Which, which is <laughs> the real problem. Cause yeah. they, they have a lot of, they have a just, they have infinite bureaucracy and, and like mm-hmm. structures in place to, to, 
to make it so like to dictate how they make decisions, right? There's all these like councils. hierarchies of people and councils and politicians who have yeah. been in office for and that's the part a that million years down, just <laughs> yeah. like you know, just like everywhere else, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The longer and the longer an institution has existed, the more it kind of ossifies, right? It kind of like mm-hmm. turns into just this stony thing that can't fucking move or do anything because it just creates well, it, its it, own rules. Yeah, that, it comes to serve itself instead of its original purpose, right? Which is yeah, mm. which is which is then the problem too of like if ever if everybody was immortal, you know, in our world, like one of the things that that tends to happen with people over over time is that they they. Like in their younger years, they're in the exploration phase. We've, we've talked in the past about the idea of the explore exploit model, right? Which is which is that there's kind of two modes of operating in it. There's first mode is sort of the exploration mode where you're learning about the world, you're learning about the problem you're trying to solve, you're doing your research or whatever, and you're not What's actually focused. Yeah, and you're not actually focused on producing. You're not focused on like working to like make an income or whatever. Like so this is the idea of like going to college or you know, whatever. And then at some point, uh, you, you pivot into exploit mode where you take all the stuff you've learned and then you try to capitalize on it to get a a big benefit for yourself. Right. Um, so one of the difficulties then is like, is once people have explored and like developed a certain pattern of a way of thinking about the world, then they switch over to the mode where they're trying to, you know, Make use use that. that. Yeah. But if the world starts to change, then what they have learned is no longer as applicable. And so they don't want the world to change because then they'll have to stop exploiting and go back into exploration mode. And so they be they sort of put the brakes on everything, right? So like at, at the moment in our current, you know, social structure, as people get older, they tend to be more resistant to societal change because it's it's incompatible with the way that they have sort of developed of of capitalizing on their position in the world. But right? all this is a consequence of uh, what you have to do to just survive and thrive, right? In our context, right? It's basically, yeah, so the, yeah, because so you don't you is, don't get to, yeah because you don't get to then just like you don't get a round two or a round three, yeah. Or because like, like, right, I'm eighty now, time to go back to college. But also, yeah. like if you were if you were eighty whatever, right? And you didn't want to learn anything new, but you also didn't have to earn an income and would be fine, right? You got, you could be fed. And yeah. Then if weird right? new stuff starts happening in the world, like these newfangled yeah, computers. Yeah, who cares? You can like, you can be grumpy about it if you want to, right? But you don't need, you don't, you're not going to feel like you need to actively prevent it from happening. You're not going to feel like you have to do, cause, right? Cause you're, you're not trying to protect a, a certain version of the world that you believe you need in order to survive and thrive in, right? Um, because you just can survive and thrive. That's fine, right? So the the explorer, because explore exploit is supposed to be a loop. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be a thing where you explore and then you like you learn new stuff and then you take the stuff that you knew and you apply it to a problem. And you learn more about the problem, which is part of explore, and then you learn some new stuff about how to deal with it and blah blah. blah right. You just keep on doing that. The reason that people get locked in to some way of doing things is the cost. The cost. And because of the external pressure saying, like, things need to happen right now, right? And this is how we do things. Well, it's cost and it's opportunity cost, right? So, if you know, if you you get out of college, you get into your career, if you reach a point where you are at a high level in your career and that maybe you're in your 50s or something, right? Because you've been in there for a while and then you're like, you know, it's time to make a change, right? Well, now not only do you have to, you know, pay for maybe like the, the tuition of, of getting the new degree and, and whatever. There's also the fact that you'd be starting fresh in a new field, making a lot less money, and you'd be foregoing all of that income that you would have been making in your existing career at the time. Yep. And so you kind of have to, you like double dip on the, on the costs. Well, when you have, right? when you have nothing so to lose, expensive. it's easier to do new things. It's just a sort of short. Yeah. Of that, right? well, and yeah. it's just the sheer fucking waste of, of human Cool human shit. You know, like you watch these shows like America's Got Talent or The Voice or whatever, right? Where somebody will come in and be like, oh, yeah, I've like, I've had to like work 24 hours a day doing three jobs my whole life. Uh, but Voice wanted to be a singer, you know, and they come out and they fuck it. It's the most beautiful voice you've heard in your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh, this is such an amazing story. It's so uplifting. It's like, no, this is not because that's one representative yeah. of the fact that there's a, a, just an enormous number of people who already, 
are enormously impressive and capable of doing the coolest shit that like it would be great if we could all be able to appreciate, right? But on top of that, all the other people who don't have it yet could. But also, mm-hmm. you don't need to. You can just enjoy stuff, right? But so, but, but like all of that human potential, it reminds me of talent. Okay, this feels like a tangent, but it's not. This reminds me of Internet Explorer. Okay. Go okay. on. Yes. All right. So web, crazy time. People are making websites. People are doing all kinds of cool stuff, right? Uh, Microsoft is like, hey, uh, we are a monopoly. So we're talking early 1990s, early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we're trying to be a monopoly. So we bake in Internet Explorer into our Windows operating system because we're dominant in the market, prevent everybody else from coming in, blah, blah, blah. And we have an iron fist closed on the browser market, right? Got some upstarts. Chrome appears. Firefox has been here the whole time, right? But also the pool of people start like moving into these other browsers and those browsers start like really pushing for cool shit. Mo- like the modern web starts to come into existence, right? Internet Explorer though just holds on, maintains its iron grip, right? And Microsoft refuses to actually update it to adhere to what everybody else is agreeing are the web standards. There's okay. no stewardship in going this on, context. Basically. Yeah. Now in this context, what happens is because I was like when I started my web dev stuff, that was at kind of the tail end of of Internet Explorer still being a thing. Because we had to support it, every web developer in the whole world had to spend mm-hmm. about 30% of their time not doing new stuff, not learning Just redoing things. their code. Redoing things to make yeah. it compatible with Internet Explorer or choosing not to do things that they could have otherwise done that would have made all of our lives better when we interact with the websites, when like a company was trying to make better, more stable software that could last into the future, right? They weren't able to do those things and instead had to support this legacy tech because it Adam refused to budge, right? And that's the human hours of like oh horrifying. A fucking waste, right? And that's now so that's look that's more concrete, right? But now the whole fucking system we live under is just exactly that. It's just it's just that. It's just burning it's just burning people's time for well, no it's reason. always been that to well, a degree, right? Because it's like you got it. Oh yeah. There's degrees of these things that are like sort of intractable in some ways. And then there's ones that are done for for some particular entity's gain in a way that is sort of holding the system back. Well, I'm going to disagree because because the free market economy always allocates resources <laughs> in the most efficient way possible. You're right. You're right. Uh, this is, everything's working pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah. Working out so good. <laughs> If you can see, there's a subreddit called uh, Uplifting News. It's all the horrifying uns- stuff. Yeah, I had to unsubscribe yeah. from it because it was so fucking depressing because it was always Uplifting News like, oh, like this one kid like worked all summer selling lemonade so that he could like pay off the lunch debt of his classmates. I'm like, fucking lunch debt for children? <laughs> like... <laughs> And they're like, isn't that so wholesome that he like did this for his classmates? I'm like, there's a there's an undertone to this story that we're not yeah. addressing, and it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like it, but, it's like it is uplifting what that kid did, right? But yeah, but the focus is in the wrong place, which is, can you believe in order for kids to not starve at school, another kid had another to kid had labor? to go? We put it to child labor for <laughs> some. <laughs> Not not awesome. Not awesome. Not great. Not, yeah. not great. So, you know, anyways, uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into some questions. Let's do it. Um, uh, we do we did want to talk about uh, some Crash News 2 stuff we've been working on with buffs and debuffs. But, you know, we're just going to roll that right into the next episode. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So Pro- or maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who, yeah. Crazy. Anything could happen. It's about it. It's going to be like a half hour from now. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, all right. So let's go to questions. Our highest upvoted question from podcast.bscotch.net comes from Quantum Anomaly, who said, old, old friend of the podcast, Quantum mm-hmm. Anomaly, yeah, who says, very old even. With tools like the Game Changer and fast art pipelines, Crash Nance 2 could have incredible modding support. You've talked in the past about wanting to support player driven content in the original Crash Nance and how player driven content can help grow a community. Are you thinking of supporting modding while making Crash Nance 2? So, uh, here's the, here's the yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, you go ahead. Okay, thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be supporting modding in Crash Hands 2 in the way that many games support modding, which is... Which is not stopping you. We're not going to... Which is that the tools that we're using now make it far, far easier mm-hmm. for other people to come in and, and edit the data that the game is using. Um, 
And we're not going to do anything to stop that, but we're also not going to do anything to specifically uh, enable it either. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think about not, like, not from the like, jump, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Cause I think a, yeah. a, a big part of it is that the, the games, this is one of those sort of future, a future dev thing or basically a deeper investment thing, which is that uh, workshop support by itself does not make a game. It doesn't actually add uh, value to a game. It's sort of a multiplier on the game's value, right? They're two different things. And so, um, yeah, like people me, don't buy a game because it has mod support. Exactly. They, they want really mod good. support for a game they like. Yeah. So to me, actual, actual like Steamworks integration and stuff like that uh, is similar to many things we've talked about in the past. One of those things that to me, I am more on the wait and see approach, which is, which is if the game does as well as, well, I hope it does then that would be a very fun thing to do. Um, there's other wrinkly questions to you know have to deal with in those cases, but whatever. It seems like a, it's a great way to, you know, if you have a game that is, uh, I think, popular enough and successful enough to, in many ways, set the community loose on it and let them essentially, in many ways, keep it alive in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine doing yourself because you don't have the bandwidth for it. Um, I think it's really cool. But yeah, I think it's a it's a multiplier after the fact once you know for real, not like a thing to launch with, if that makes sense. Yeah. And having seen what our our truly amazing level head community has done with level ridiculous, which doesn't have all the cool stuff of like game changer and all that, right? Um so it's a lot more like you gotta get in those guts to try to mm-hmm. to try to figure out what it's doing and make stuff happen. But I, I don't know if how many of uh, the listeners have like hung out in our Discord at all. But if you if you pop in there, which you should do, uh, and just check out the level head stuff, uh, the, there there's a guy who reverse engineered the binary save file format we have for level head saves, right? To figure out like how to understand all the binary data, like what it means, right? And then created his own editor because there were certain features in our editor that he wanted to just be easier or like he wanted to do like these big batch mm-hmm. things you couldn't do or whatever right he made his own whole it's called chaos head or something like i can't remember what it's uh, but <laughs> but it's his own whole ass editor that makes fully functional save files right and and he's like sharing so they're, they're community members who just like use this editor to like do weirder stuff than we've actually enabled right and in the and the, the normal editor mm-hmm. and they've also used this they've like you know they've worked like gone through the content of the of the game's code to try to figure out the stuff that we'd only partially implemented and never released right because we have these like three other game modes we had a golf game there's mode. a golf game mode there's one <laughs> jerry t was a scooter is yeah, a scooter. Scooter. Yeah. yeah yeah there's yeah. A, like and it's like a one touch mode that was meant to be for like a mobile sort of uh, optimized sort of thing right um and but they're just like partially implemented, so they're janky, and they you know don't have like fully Wait, thought have people, out. Papers. Have people people are making airmail levels? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, that's and, not a, that's that's illegal. Yeah, well, it's like somebody hey. somebody asked um, if that was fine, you know, and I was like I was like sure as yeah, long as when they're <laughs> publishing stuff, they're making sure that they don't break people's experiences who aren't opting into this, right? Then. Yeah, who cares, right? It's just fun. But like watching just the amount of stuff that people can figure out and like do um, when so you cool. provide nothing at all. I mean, we don't, we don't actively try to prevent it. Like it's so bad. We just didn't didn't help even in the slightest, right? And people still figured it out. And well, it's fucking and, awesome. And there's a Slay the Spire mod, which I don't think we talked about yet on the podcast. But someone made a Slay the Spire mod where you play as GRAT. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, for those who are familiar, Slay the Spire is immensely popular uh, card rogue, roguelike deck building game where you essentially send a tower and you're collecting cards which are you know, essentially abilities and it's very very fun um, it's one of my favorites it's like a really good thing and then uh, uh, I think Adam I remember you were set someone, someone pointed me to it maybe two weeks ago uh, this mod someone made and this is not this is not a low effort mod this is a very very well made very thoughtfully produced mod where you get to play as GR18 <laughs> in Slay the Spire uh there's a and whole the cards set of mechanics stuff from the game right yeah the cards they pulled they basically scraped Again, it's like, yeah, is this legal? Technically, no, but you know what? This is dope as fuck. So, so like, go ahead. So it's like <laughs> the the art. They scraped all of the art for the game. So instead of having like the card borders that are, are look like the level cards in Level Head, 
Um, they, you like summon your GR18 and you basically, they have a whole set of new mechanics they developed where you have like levels that you're basically playing, quote unquote, sort of like duration cards that apply effects once you dunk a package. Like, there's, really? I, I yeah, actually, oh, dude, it's, it's really good. Is there, it's really is, good. Is there a good like thorough video that somebody's made to showcase? This I don't thing? think so. I don't think so. They just have, they just have some screenshots and stuff on the, the mod page, but yeah. we need a there's, video like, there's like 80 cards. It's a whole. It's, it's, it's a, a full, full game. Like it's a full game mode. Yeah, yeah, and they added some artifacts too. I got the bumper as as an artifact at one point. And I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> who? Who? And like, why? But also, like, yes, I love this. Yeah, um, but yeah, and it is. And, and and there is like, there's two parts of this, right? One is like, it's it's really cool that people do this stuff even when you don't make it possible, right? But it does it does prompt a question of like, are like, what can you do even if you're not trying to like directly support modding? like full on. Cause that's a whole thing as Sam said. Right. Um, but anytime we're doing stuff about how we implement things, if we always have that, always have that question in our minds of like, if we wanted to make it a little easier for people to like get their hands in these guts, right. Mm-hmm. Is there something we could do to like save this thing to disc instead of just only having a memory or, you know, like this kind of stuff. Right. Um, there are things that Makes sense, right? Because, because I'm even looking at uh, uh, also in the Levelhead community, there's there's a group of people who came together to try to make their own collaborative Levelhead campaign, right? Like the mm-hmm. like the official community campaign kind of a thing. And they got like they're like planned out, you know, who's going to work on what and like how they want it to progress. And they have all these channels dedicated to like working out how to how to put this thing together, <laughs> right? And and the support that we have in the in the game is just like the normal sharing levels kind of thing, right? And we have like this like externalized kind of like playlist support that just like interacts with your bookmark system, whatever. It's like it's like a it's a janky kind of a sideways support for this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, like people are it's using just enough. Yeah. To, to do, but it was, yeah, but it's one of those questions. Like, if we had actually provided a mechanism where people could like drop, in a sense, in essence, just like drop in their own campaign, right? But on the other hand, we the campaign is in there as like a file, so I have a suspicion that they're finding a way to oh, do yeah. that. Is my bet. Well, and that's that's the the question there is always about just like file formats and accessibility, really, because because yeah. yep. like mm-hmm. I'm I'm amazed that that people reverse engineered the binary save format of. Level head. I know. There's levels. He has a he has a documentation for it that like describes what each byte does, like what the patterns are and how to like read them, you know. And there are, there's a few question marks. He's like, I'm not sure what this one is, you know. Uh, what? And I remember because Seth and I designed it, um, and so I, I was like looking through it, and I was like, Oh, I know what these ones are. It's like hasn't figured out, right? Yeah. But it didn't matter because the things that those ones would trigger, uh, like don't matter the context in which they're actually doing it. So they just like used some default value from some random level and it turned out to be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But just because like, one of the big accomplishments for Levelhead was the, um, the amount of sort of processing and compression we did on the level data to sort of make it, you know, uh, make it more just like to shrink the file sizes down a ton so that we could make it extremely fast and and if and bandwidth efficient so that if people are playing level on a phone or whatever and using their mobile data that it's like it's like you know under a kilobyte per yeah, I think, level. I think the basically. average level is like 900 bytes or something like that the yeah. last time I looked. Yeah, it's yeah so cool. it's like far less than like a PNG image that you would just I mean it's get smaller than like the header on a single web page you visit in your browser, right? It's yeah. just time. So you could just play like a billion level head levels and have no issues, right? Yeah. Um but that and means we can that store because we we've got a a few hundred thousand levels yeah. our, in our database, right? And it's just totally fine. Yeah. But that, of course, means that when you're compressing things, it's it's taking what was originally, you know, if you just had like, let's say you just had like coordinates and like every coordinate had like a tile like a, a, or like an item saved to it or something. That's easy. But then if you start to compress it, then what you're doing is you're stripping out information and you're combining lots of things together, right? It's getting off the scale. So, yeah. So the idea that they would like be able to take the time to figure out all the ways in which we combined the information and collapsed it. Yeah. It was just kind of bonkers to me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard to figure out an approach to take, to create that format. And we were starting from the position of like, what are we trying to represent? How do we represent that? Right. Going the other way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they so probably had to do a shit. lot of experiments where they would like build a tiny level and like do one thing. Yeah, and exactly. Look at the binary and see what came and just like, keep, just keep yep. putting things through the pipe and seeing what comes out the other end. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, so what we're doing in Crash Hands 2 then is so 
is the game changer, uh, outputs all of its data in just a, a parsable JSON format. Yeah. Um, but importantly, there's actually there's two parts to the data. One is the game data itself, but the other part is all of the schemas that describe the format of the data. Yeah, that's basically already fully documented for you. It's, exactly. And, and, the, and, it even, and it even has descriptions in there that explain what the values are supposed to do because the schemas are what the game changer interface uses to create the editors that we use to manipulate the data. And so if people can reverse engineer a level head level, yeah. Then taking this JSON file and making some kind of an editor or even just going straight into that file and just changing values yourself. Yeah. Like if, if you want to – and it's just, it's just a file that's just chilling. It's just chilling there in the game files, right? So like if you wanted to say like, you know what? I just kind of want like all of my crafting to be cheaper. There's a, there's a number in that JSON file that you could just mm-hmm. change, right? Or if you're like, oh, I want to run real fast. Or, oh, I want to see, like, what would what would the game be like if literally everything just kind of one-shot me? Like, there's a number mm-hmm. that you could just jack up to the max and well, just have everything the, do shit tons of damage. <laughs> thing about modding, right, is that, is that we as the developers can still put together what we think are, like, well – well-managed overarching player experience kind of archetypes, right? So like for a player who wants to have a largely chill time, we can kind of put together a, a way of making sort of story, story mode difficulty. Yeah, story yeah. focus, right? Where things are just a little easier and right. And for players who want to just like go full on, do all the dope combat stuff and like mid-max everything, whatever, we could go to have a kind of a hard mode. We can we can design the levers to let us kind of tweak them to, to provide these kinds of archetypes. But we don't want to just provide out of the box the things that we think players will, on average, actually not have a good experience with, even if they think they would, like God mode kind of stuff, right? Because like God mode is is all like it can it's fun for like a minute and then it's boring, right? Well, it's only fun in contrast. Like w- once yeah. you've gone through and like gotten your butt kicked by things, then yep. coming back and just being invincible and just one shotting everything, it, there's there's a catharsis to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, like on off. its own, right out of the gate, like there's just nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to it, right? Well, yeah, but in we terms don't. Of we also don't want, and so because we want to, we want to basically guide players to think to have what we think are going to be like the really good overarching gameplay experiences, right? Um, but if players can opt into their own fully arbitrary, whatever they want kind of experience, right? Uh, then also, if it's a bad experience, you know, that doesn't, they don't, so what? That wasn't our fault and they don't think it was our fault, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so players, so that's one of the fun things about modding is that, is that players can take these ideas they have that were like, oh my God, it'd be so cool if, right? And then they can go try to do it. And then maybe it yep. is cool. Sometimes it's it not. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But either way, uh, they got to go still try to figure that thing out that we didn't have to, deal with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we don't have to make community management and community mod, like moderation tools. Right. So like that, that was the big concern with the original Crashlands creator was like, oh, it'd be, it'd be great if we could open this up and let people build their own campaigns. But then we faced the, the problems that we ended up having to face in Levelhead, which is, okay, how do you let people list their content and other, have other people download it and make sure that it's moderated so that you don't have people, you know, like making big Nazi images everywhere. Because it's all the, the infrastructure required uh, to support that is, uh, is heavy. It's a lot, to say the least. Yeah. And so at some point, you got to say, like, you got to accept what your resource constraints are, which is, <laughs> all right, we're a tiny team of a few people. And, and do we want to and can we afford to just spend all of our time policing content mm-hmm. or – can we opt out of that experience for ourselves? If people want to hack into the game files and whatever, we don't care. Like, do, go ahead. Do, if you want to, you want to take our game files and make mods for other games, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah. Right? Yeah. The fact is that, like, that that's modding, just cool. Yeah, mod support and uh, like hacking and all these kinds of things. Um, the reason they're, or I guess, they're providing mod support from a technical perspective is not necessarily any harder than just making the game in the first place because things that make modding easy tend to also make game development easy, mm-hmm. right? 
um, it's always the other stuff. That's it's always the people stuff. That's that's hard, right? It's the same deal with like having a multiplayer game, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Those are, that is technically challenging to do, sure. But there's all kinds of approaches. There's all kinds of tools that are out there, right? Things you can just kind of buy as services that handle most of the hard stuff for you. The hard part is like now there's a whole bunch of people interacting with each other, right? And they're going to weaponize things and they're going to try to ruin each other's experiences. Right? I just saw this so, with the uh, you know with the uh, Overwatch two, which came out recently. They've had this big problem with uh, filling support roles because apparently, just given the overall balance of stuff, um, support. So every match is five v five now. Yeah, it's all five v five, and support characters, you know, you're are like required for your team to do well. Um, but due to a combination of like lack of visibility, some other stuff like that, um, you know, it's it's just more and more. It's basically very likely that people like your tanks and your DPS get real salty at the support who might be doing great, you know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what always happens. And so let's because now they have someone playing. else to blame for them dying. Why right? don't you heal me more? It's like, quit yep. jumping into the line of fire. I can't <laughs> heal away your stupidity. Like it's not an option for it's me. A, as a as a healer main in you know in World of Warcraft, I know the experience of having people actively killing themselves in game mechanics and, and then getting mad, mad at you for not fixing their mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so so I don't that. play with those kinds of people anymore, really. But I've been there. You yeah, know, and so yeah. you know they're having this this large problem now, where like it's taking a long time for everyone else now to queue because you have to queue in a role. You say I'm damage, I'm tank, oh. I'm support, and there's just not enough supports because everybody who starts playing support is like, this is not enjoyable because everyone's yelling at me, <laughs> even though I'm doing technically great, but I can't. There's no like, this isn't fun as a person in other like with other people, you know? Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, the like, worse everybody else does, there are more of them than you, right? Then the worst they all think you're doing. Yeah, even if you're doing right. great, it's one of those <laughs> like. Well, and it's, cool. this is this is complicated too because so this is this is a uh, there's a similar problem in World of Warcraft not with healers but with tanks, mm. and I think so like one of the things that you'll always have in a role based game is that different types of people have different roles that appeal to them, but then the mechanics of the game will kind of either make it more or less fun or more or less challenging to fulfill that role. Uh, to a point where, in some cases, it's just not worth the hassle, mm-hmm. right? And so, like in the case of Overwatch, you're talking about how it's an extremely fast-paced game, and as a healer, you can do you know a bit to kind of like mitigate people's mistakes, or like you know if they if they run out and get wrecked by something, but they live and they come back in, you can kind of like maybe top them up and mm-hmm. you know heal them a little bit or give them a shield or something like that. Um, but you can't just like straight up keep them from dying. If they just, if they just stand out there and get, get wrecked. Right. So well, it's a very challenging also, role. Four people get wrecked at once. Yeah. It's like, four people. Yeah. Can't yeah, heal well, yeah. four people yeah. all the way and up. So like, so like I've had the experience in wow as a healer where like, so a lot of shit is going down and then somebody will die. And that person will message, message me and be like, I didn't get any heals from you for six entire seconds. What happened? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean. Every time I push a button, there's a one and a half second global cooldown. So I could, so I was only able to push, you know, four buttons mm-hmm. in that time, and they just went to everybody else. So yep. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you're dead, right? But uh, as a as a tank, there's an extra, mm. there's like several extra layers of challenge because uh, you have to know the layout of the dungeon that you're going into so that you can sort of like guide the group. So there's like an extra layer of knowledge mm. and. And as the game sort of matures, as the season progresses and more people are familiar with the dungeons, other people in the group start to sort of uh, expect certain routes that you're going to take. And if you deviate from what people are expecting, then they immediately assume that you have no idea what you're doing and they can start giving you shit about it, mm. right? Um, and on top of that- Backseat driving, basically. Well, yeah. And on top of that, you have this strange role as a tank, which is being a tank in, in a game like World of Warcraft is all about positioning. Your job is to, you go, you go and you grab all the enemies and you, and you try to get them into like as tight of a pile as you can. And point so them away damage, from the rest of your friends usually, right? Yeah. And generally, yeah, you want to point them away so that if, if they have like a big cone attack or if they shoot fire or something that they're doing that, you know, away from the group and not onto the group. So positioning is really important. But while you're trying to round up those enemies, it is a very vulnerable time because your damage dealers may just decide, hey, this is the time for me to do as much damage as I can <laughs> to whatever is closest. 
And if the tank hasn't, you know, if there's like, if you're trying to round up like six or 10 enemies, you just don't have enough time yeah, to, to hit all of them hard enough or do whatever you need to do to kind of get them to start attacking you. And so if you're, if you're with a group that doesn't understand what you're trying to do as a tank, then, then they can actively work against both themselves and you, and they will cause the enemies to be scattered, et cetera, and they'll be pissed off at the tank as opposed to understanding that they're the problem, right? And so there's a big tanking shortage in that game mm. because of that role, right? Yeah. And so, but this is, it's like a, it's a, it's, it's a combination of how the mechanics of the game blend into the, the social issues that people have with understanding yes. how their role fits in the group. Oh, and how not everything is about them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's actually you have to acknowledge and design for the fact that people don't want to be responsible for a consequence, right? Like it's just just how people work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So because you know that hurts your ego. So yeah. So if yeah. if it's if the game doesn't find a way to make it so that the fact that people will blame everybody else but themselves for anything that happens, right? Um, if the design of the game makes it so that that's really easy or that certain mm-hmm. aspects of the game end up getting the blame concentrated because basically what we're talking about with like the healing mm-hmm. class, right? It's like yep. that absorbs all – because like everyone it's, – it's the classic joke in FPSs, right? It's always – it's it's sure. always – it's not that you're better than me. It's that you cheated, right? It's not that I – made a mistake it's that you cheat you know <laughs> like that's it's always like there's always some other reason that wasn't had nothing to do with you and so if it's really easy to draw focus to that and that's something that we that we were thinking about too from design is is how do we make it so that when players have something bad happen which like needs to for a game to be interesting right that they that they are more likely to blame themselves than the game right as in if it's easy for them to feel like it's the game's fault then that means it's our fault now the game is unfair and bad and now there's our negative review and people screaming at us, right? Yeah, but but I I don't think there's a way because well, there like, isn't. But but there but it, if you don't take that into account at all, though, then you can definitely make things you know worse than you. There, well, yeah, there, there's layers to it, but it's kind of weird because like so I, there used to be this this uh, saying it was kind of like a joke saying in in MMOs, but like in WoW in particular, people would say if the tank dies, it's the healer's fault. If the healer dies, it's the tank's fault. If the DPS dies, it's their own fault, right? <laughs> um, and I used to think like, oh, that's true. Ha, 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 right? Except the way that the game works nowadays, it's literally like if if the tank dies, it's their own fault because tanks have all these ways to live. Their whole thing is staying alive, right? <laughs> and so, so nobody can really help the tank stay alive that much, but a little bit. Like sometimes well, presumably the tank also, like if their whole thing is having lots of health and your whole thing as a healer is providing health, then like you can only do so much because they just have- They have so much health. They have so much your, health. You your heals barely move their- yeah. Like like when I heal when I heal a, a damage dealer in WoW, I can take them from like 20% to full in just one heal. When I heal a tank, their health bar moves 10%. Like it, like <laughs> I can't do shit to help them, I can, but I can kind of supplement. But what I can do is recognize they're in trouble and I can do something like stun the enemies. To stop the incoming damage for a couple seconds, so the tank can kind of help themselves, right? Uh, and so, so what I've kind of come to learn is like, if anybody dies, it's all of our fault. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's the team's but, fault. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the game really hasn't changed a lot. It's just that I've come to better understand. Well, this is true in how it works. Yeah. And <laughs> I think what's interesting about you know, a game like Overwatch uh, from a from a player motivation standpoint is like what you typically what you want in the in any team based especially like really low number squads like five people four people the thrill of actually working on a well-functioning team is is the high point of these games i mean league of legends included like it feels so good to be part of a well-oiled machine that is just like cruising like a chainsaw through your enemies you know what i mean um yep. and so that's what everybody wants so the question is like, how do you how do you design for that when you do have to make it fun for each individual person? But how do you how do you allow them to back up and see the bigger picture so that they don't you know start just flaming? Because it's always it's always a problem in team games. People come there to try to get to the team vibe and the team benefit, but then as soon as they uh, you know have any trouble whatsoever, then it's it blames blame goes on everybody else. Well, I I think it's that part is to me less about the mechanics and more about the social systems that the game yeah. has in place. Yeah. Is it is it easy for you to get back into groups with people that you liked uh, 
grouping with or people who are positive or who did a good job? You know, is it easy for you to keep track of those people? And, and or even just to give some, like, you know, end of game feedback to people where uh, League of Legends introduces this thing where you, at the end of a match, it basically pulls up people's portraits and you can just click a button that's like, uh, you know, good shot calling. You basically get, a, get to pick a person to give like kudos to. Right. Very right. simple. And I know Overwatch, I think, used to have something kind of similar. Um, I know they don't. Overwatch 2, for some reason, doesn't have any end of game features um, that are similar to that, which, you know, is it seems like a light touch thing. It is, but it's one of those things that moves the needle a little bit more in the direction of like, oh, if I am nice to people, then I can get a thumbs up at the end I of mean, the it's match. I like, mean, it's like getting a like on a social media post, exactly. right? Like, it's kind of nice. It doesn't do anything, but it, it's like it feeds into that too. A vibe that gives you a dopamine hit, right? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's such a classic mistake in in this space of knowing that these mechanisms exist. And I guess in, in Overwatch's case, if OG Overwatch already had something like that too, right? Yeah, and then treating it like oh, this is a thing we can add later because we need to get this game out the door, kind of a thing, right? Is fundamentally misunderstanding the what the game the, is the long-term consequences of of early social decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Because like when you don't provide moderation out of the gate, that's how you get Nazis on your platform. That's just like, that's just how it works. Every platform becomes a Nazi platform. And once you you have have them on there, it's now a Nazi platform. That's just, that's just how, that's just how social groups work, right? Yeah. What's the saying? Like if somebody brings a Nazi flag to your rally and nobody kicks them out, you're a Nazi rally now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same idea. And so if you don't provide these mechanisms out of the gate to, to shape how the community interacts with each other from the moment they start playing, then you end up with cultures developing yeah. around just how people are and like the, the, the very weak social systems that you have in place, plus like what the game is incentivizing, right? And so if winning and losing has a very like big uh, perceived value and cost to a player... And it's all team-based stuff, and they're all new to the game, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not being incentivized to be nice to each other, or they're not being categorized into, like, let's try to push the assholes with each other and, like, the good people or whatever, right? If none of that stuff is happening, then the assholes make everybody else have a bad time. Mm-hmm. And then they're And then those people leave. And now yep. it's just the assholes. And then when you want to try to tame the assholes, you know, like oh boy. by putting in the features then, like, though that now you're in it for the long haul. Like, that's mm-hmm. not going to... Mm-hmm. Good podcast happen. episode title. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a good place to wrap this one. Ooh. If only. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, look, we're, we'll wrap this one. Uh, you know, we got, I got a couple more to, to bang out. So uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our discord running to get more involved in the butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to the discord, a way for you to donate and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.